He is the modern day Don Nealon. But Don Nealon's mountaineers enjoy walking in where angels fear to tread. He's bought into the program. As the hills of West Virginia resound with the sounds of going through football. It is a great night to be a mountaineer wherever you may be. Let them know. Leave no doubt tonight. Leave no doubt tonight. No doubt. They shouldn't have played the old gold boot. I was watching the ESPN today and they showed a little thing about uh, our game tonight in the poll. And the whole U.S. was covered in red. And the only state, the greatest state in the nation, was covered in blue. That was West Virginia. And that's why we won this game. Trust the climb. And now it's time for the Country Roads Webcast. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into another edition of the Country Roads Webcast. As always, I'm Jordan Cruz, joined by my co-host, Steven. What's going on, everybody? And Bradley. What's up? All right, gentlemen. So, um, start this off, you know, the way we always like to, just a little off-topic conversation, you know, anything you want to talk about, what you've been doing, you know, anything since the past time we recorded, uh, movies you saw, book you read, uh, just anything you want to talk about that's been going on, uh, what's been going on? Uh, not really new movies, but I've been watching the crap out of some Stranger Things. Oh, man. I've been loving every second of it. Yeah. Yeah, I watched the whole entire season all the way up to the last episode and fell asleep on the last episode, so I've got to watch it again. I think the last episode yeah, great. kind of blew your mind there. Good for myself. Yeah, the last anyway. episode's great. The fourth episode is my favorite, but the last episode is, is great too. Mm-hmm. Last episode. Yeah, the, the ending. The ending is. Oh, yeah. yeah. That big reveal. I was like, oh, yeah. wow. Didn't expect yeah, that. That was nicely done. That was well written. I like yeah. that. I'll tell you, one thing I did watch was a movie that came out earlier this year I've been wanting to watch called uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Oh, my gosh. That's a badass movie, man. I'm telling you, that's one of my favorite movies that I've seen in a while. It's really good. Everything Everywhere All the Time? That sounds good. Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yeah, it's it's this uh, Chinese Chinese family, and uh, the dad of the family is actually uh, the same guy that played Data in The Goonies. I was like the first time I've seen him or anything since then, but like yeah. he has the same voice and it sounds the same and everything, but it's crazy. Like, cause it's, it's like a multiverse thing and she gets to like, see all these different versions of her life and stuff. Like what if she would have made different decisions and it takes you back, like, and shows like, if she had done this, then this would have happened. And like all this, and you could see all these different versions. And then like, but like towards the end of the movie, when things are happening, you're seeing like, you know, the main version you started with, but they're mirroring everything that's happening within all these other universes, all in like the same shot. Like it, it's, it's crazy. I've never seen nothing like it. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. It's my, my favorite movie of the year besides the Batman. It's my number two movie of the year right now. I love it. Wow. Sounds, sounds like, cool. Yeah. Sounds like the same yeah. type of concept of movie like inception or like, uh, or like, uh, what's that other movie? Interstellar. Like yeah, it's something. It's like it's, like, it's, tri- yeah, it's trippy, mind. like that. Yeah, like the Matrix, like something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like that type yeah. of movie. Exactly. It's that type of vibe. That's why I really enjoyed it. And like, it's that type of vibe. But then at the end, like they bring it home and like has heart to it too. Like shed a couple tears a couple times through the movie. Not gonna lie, I'm yeah. a crier when it comes to movies. So it got to me a couple times. But yeah, it's really well done because you get that mind bending effect plus like the emotional side hits really good too. So yeah, I thought it was really well done. Hey, if you get all of those in one movie, stuff. man, that's a hell of a movie, right? Yeah. It sounds really laughing, good. you're crying. Yeah. 
Feeling good. Absolutely. Feeling sad. It's a full movie right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's like that's like a that reminds me of the the Jimmy V speech. You laugh laugh every day, cry every day, you know, <laughs> yeah, all that yeah. good stuff. So that's, yeah, it's a full movie, a full it's a full day. day. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, great you speech. I mean, other than that, yeah, I was about to say right. I watched. I've been watching Kenobi and I've watched uh, Ms. Marvel. Ms. Marvel, I didn't think I'd really like it, but I was surprised. I liked the first episode more than I would. I haven't watched the it's second. It's not that one I yet, didn't. But. It's not that I didn't like it. It was, it was a little too Disney Channel ish for me yeah that well that's sense. that's what they i was expecting make... but i see i was expecting it to be more childish than what it was so like when i saw it i was like oh it's yeah. not as, as kitty as i thought it'd be so i mean i don't know i guess expectations have a lot to do with it yeah i guess so yeah i just i'm so used to all of these the other ones that they've released like loki and you know one division yeah. and all of these other ones that are i guess more mature when you watch them i guess miss marvel's meant for the, the younger generation though so She's a newer. Yeah, it's a completely different vibe. She's a newer hero, I guess. Yeah, no, I haven't got to watch yeah, any definitely. of these. I've still been in the process of moving, so my life has been pretty well consumed. Oh yeah, moving can be rough, yeah. man. Yeah, that's yeah, gonna take up all your everything. Time. Yeah, but I'm I here today. I'm here for football, though. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I despise moving. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's pretty much it, I guess. Uh, like I said, Kenobi is good, though. Uh, Darth Vader has been awesome in that so um kind of mixed on it a little bit but i love what they're doing with darth vader and kenobi so that's been good too other than that the one uh, piece of news that's got me real excited is uh that the ea sports college football game i thought wasn't going to come out to july 2023 now they're saying maybe uh, as early as march so i'm like okay let's go you know january to march possibly yeah so, nice uh, yeah i mean i'm i, I, I stay playing obviously i'm still playing the ncaa football 14 that's the only game i play is that, that on the 360 still in online dynasties and stuff so i'm just excited for a college football game to come back because that's really the only video game i play so i'm like i'm ready i'm i'm hyped gonna have the playoffs yeah. on it transfer portal it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy yeah I don't know how much of a fan I'm going to be because it's going to have the same engine as Madden does now. So, yeah, you know, yeah, the that's, gameplay that's the one of it. Thing, that's the one thing I'm, I'm not really about, that excited I'm, I'm about. I'm still going to play it regardless. So. Yeah, to be fair, when I used to play it in 2014, I got to the point where I didn't really play the game all that much. It was all just about recruiting and managing team and, like, coaching. Yeah, I think like I, I enjoy Madden, but that's what sets the college football games apart to me is the recruiting aspect and stuff. It's just like a whole different vibe. I just always really enjoyed the, the college side of it, just like I do in, in real life, you know, watching it and stuff. But and then I think now it's going to be even more improved because you're going to have the playoffs on there, and hopefully, like you can expand it and stuff. So then you can have like your whole online dynasty in the playoffs with you and stuff. That that's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see that. That's what I got. I don't know what uh, you guys. Anything else? That's what All we've right, been doing. Huh? That's it. Let's jump into the news segment. Let's go, Mountaineers. Let's go, Mountaineers. All right, let's kick it off with uh, let's kick it off with some basketball news from the uh, host of the CRW Hoops podcast, uh, Stephen, bringing us some basketball news. Uh, what do we got uh, basketball wise since uh, we last recorded, Stephen? Anything? Um, only a few things. Uh, unfortunately, we did not get Courtney Ramey, um, so our team is set in stone um, for the the twenty twenty two twenty three season. Um, other than that, Taz Sherman is working out with the, uh, the Hornets today. Uh, so good luck nice. to Taz and hopefully he can make that roster. Um, I've really been enjoying watching the Hornets here lately and I'm hoping he can make that roster and, uh, yeah. give LaMelo some help down there. Cause I think they, yeah. them two would be really fun to watch. Oh, that would be nice. 
Yeah, him and Gabe. I've seen them both, you know, having some workouts. So hopefully both of them land somewhere. Yeah, Gabe was working out with uh with somebody the other day. Was it the uh I, was, I know I've seen him I know I've seen him a tweet about him. I think it was the Wizards. Yeah, Wizards. I was gonna say I know I've seen a tweet about him working out with somebody. I think it was. Nice, yeah. nice. I'd be surprised if he yeah. didn't find a home with his defensive I think prowess. So. I th- yeah, he'll definitely probably make the G League. Yeah. That's Maybe a lot of yeah, I mean, guys. A lot of West Virginia guys hasn't, you know, you know, Javon gets a lot of praise and and Deuce gets a lot of praise because they've been, you know, doing well up in the league. But I, there's been a lot of guys that have left West Virginia and gotten a spot for a, a year or two on some of these NBA rosters, like Devin Williams, Agabalcanate. You know, a lot of those guys still playing in the G League or are trying to find a name. Yeah, that's true. Very true. You also got it's shout hard. out to Logan Route. He won a national championship for whatever league he's playing in. Yeah, he um, did. He did. So that's which awesome. he even surprised he even surprised myself. I, not that I'm down on him. I I just I didn't ever think that he lived up to his full potential, but he's doing yeah. really well in his professional career. I, I'm really proud of him. Very true. Very true. So I'm, I'm think I think basketball is looking. You know, I mean, I, I would love to add Courtney Ramey, but I definitely think the roster is is improved from what it was last year, and they did a much better job in the transfer portal this season than they did oh, last yeah. season. I think I saw a tweet. I think it was Fox Sports or so, somebody put out a tweet about uh, the teams with like the lowest returning percentage of minutes played for basketball, and West Virginia has the lowest is going to have the lowest in the country, like seven percent. So um, it's going to be a Tough job to get everyone, you know, meshing together that quick. But I think they did a really good job and added some good pieces that fit well. I think that's one thing that Bob Huggins went for is guys that fit, you know, his culture and stuff. So I think this team will be a lot better than last season. I think it could be maybe a tournament team again. And they also don't factor in Emmett Matthews. So technically yep. he's, you know, not a returning player, but he is a returning player. So you get a player that knows, you know, Coach Hug's system. And at the same time, I don't know. I feel like that number's a little bit skewed. Not very much, but. Yeah, that's true. Because, I mean, Emmett probably doesn't count to it, but he has, you know, he was here longer than he was at Washington. And I think that he's going to be even better now coming back because that's, that's oh, a guy yeah. that really has a high too. ceiling. I think he has a lot of potential. I mean, I think back, you know, what that freshman year when he scored 28 on Texas Tech and guarded Culver and they beat that Texas Tech team that went on to play for the national championship that year. So that's a guy that definitely can do some things. So uh, I definitely think the roster is better in a better place and upgraded in a lot of spots. So, you know, I'm quietly optimistic for basketball as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely going to come down to if they sync up well and when they really find their groove, which, you know, it could be a team that finds their step later on. So, you know, if they struggle out the gate but then collect it on at the end of the year, it could be something exciting to watch. Definitely. I think definitely. it's just like I was telling Cruz the other day. I think traditionally, especially while being a West Virginia, Hugs has, you know, a lot of times bounce back, if not always bounce back after a losing season, just like last season, in a very strong way. So, I don't but know. Can I question, a, if he, if he doesn't bounce back, if this team doesn't come together, does that make you feel any type of way? No. Okay. I think I mean, he's built up. I just know. don't understand yeah. why people are so ready to to give hugs – all this, you know, when who, what other coach besides Hugs has brought us to the Final Four? 
or been consistent in the tournament that True. I as mean, long as Hux has been while he's been at West Virginia. Yeah. You know, other than John Beeline. Oh, again, I'm not doubting Bob Huggins. He's been amazing. I just, like I said, I don't think that, I think if he has another bad year, I just could see him like stopping. I don't think that he should be fired in any retrospect, but I just don't know if it doesn't come together. I just don't know if he's going to do another year. No, I just don't see him not having well, a winning season yeah. next year. I was about to say history says that, you know, every time that he's had, you know, he's turned it around. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, the history's on its side and everything, but I think that it's more, and I'm a beeline fan myself. So, you know, it, I, I, like, I like John yeah. beeline. I, I don't, I don't not like Huggins. I'll just, I like John beeline a lot. So, but I I've think that both, the thing with both Huggins, men and both men are great men and great basketball coaches. So I like, both yeah. Men. Yeah. I think, well, I think the thing with Huggins is a lot of the, a lot of the older names in like coaching and basketball, if you look out are, are going by the wayside and people see Roy Williams retiring, people see coach K retiring and, you know, a lot of these older yeah. coaches that, you know, you know, coached a different way and did things a different way and the way the game has changed. And so people are thinking like, they're worried that West Virginia is going to get, you know, left, you know, with the passing of the times if they stick with Huggins too long, I think, but I think, you know, people will change their tune quickly if, you know, it's, a, if it's a positive season, but those things are going to get louder if it's a, you know, another down year. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But I think that that's a lot of the reason behind it is just people are seeing around the country, a lot of the older, older regimes being pushed out and the game changing and stuff. And they're worried about West Virginia being left behind if, if they continue to struggle, because I don't think West Virginia would fire Bob Huggins. So, you know, it, no. it's going to be on him to, to be they have to given him pretty like, much okay, a lifetime I'm, contract. I'm doing bad. They're not firing yeah. Bob. Exactly, and I think people are worried that Huggins is the type of guy that's going to be like, no, I can fix it, I can fix it, but then what if he can't and he keeps you know, that mentality of I can fix it, I can fix it, so then they're worried he's going to be stubborn and too stubborn to walk away when it's time to walk away, whenever that is. I'm not saying that that's now or anytime soon, but I think that's I will the say, worry with a lot of fans. There's, yeah. a, there's a huge difference in my mind between Coach K, Coach you know Roy Williams, and you know all these other coaches that are stepping down after long tenures and successful careers, and you know that is that Coach K has won multiple national championships, multiples you know shows up shows in the in the Final Four. Roy Williams, same thing, you know, and so it was a lot of these you know guys that have retired. Bob Huggins doesn't have a national championship, and that's been the one driving factor that has drove him while he's been at West Virginia. He's always said that he wants to, and it will win a West Virginia win West Virginia a national championship before he retires. And so, part of me wants to believe that you know this new age of college athletics would maybe possibly drive him out eventually. But in the same token, while it's more, it's it's changing at a faster rate right now than it ever has before college athletics has always changed and it's always been a you know something you've have to to learn to to change with i guess and so i think i think bob huggins is determined to bring west virginia that national championship because he knows what it means to the fans and the people of the state and he knows that it's not just about you know something for fans it's about you know, it's really emotional for people here. That's something we can be proud of, you know, where we don't have professional teams. Bob Huggins has always talked about that. So that might be the fan side of me that really, you know, wants it that bad. But, you know, for over a decade now, I've listened to Bob Huggins talking about how bad he wants to bring a national championship home to this state. And it's just, if I find it hard to believe that if he's able to, 
he wouldn't then he wouldn't coach anymore. You know what I mean? So that's why that's why it's so hard for me to believe that. But like I said, I could be wrong. I could be you know, there's always some a lot of surprises in in this uh in this industry or whatever it is that we that we do. So I don't know. No, I, I agree though. I think I think that that's the that's the thing for him is like, uh, you remember Fifty Cent back in the day had that get rich or die trying. I think uh, Bob Huggins yeah. is trying to get an at get an addy or die trying. Like that's 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 like the mentality I see from Coach Huggins, and yeah. and I love it and respect it and hope he gets there. That's who Bob Huggins is. I mean, that's literally yeah. what he embodies with his coaching style and everything. So, you know, only way he literally can. might die trying. This man like <laughs> fell over on the floor one time because his yeah, yeah his exactly. Made that's what I'm saying. Feel later was going on. Hopefully that's what I'm not. Saying. I, like, I, think, on wood. I don't want to wish nothing. Well, that's the thing. I think anybody. he. I hope he wins well, a national rather championship. Have that happen any, any and have year, to be like know? fired or walk away. Right, yeah. right. I think that if he does, yeah, he, he listen, I will do say this. I think that if he reaches a national championship, not. I'm not saying that. I think that it's going to happen or anything this year. I'm just saying what ifs or whatever. I think that if Bob Huggins reaches a national championship, regardless if he wins it, um, or even another final four, I think he'll retire after that. I think that that'll be. Yeah. Yeah. Thought in his mind, but I, I think he'll go I out. He's going to give it like another, at least it give point. it one more final push. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. So, uh, basketball, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens, uh, moving forward. Uh, I think there's some good things on the horizon though. And, uh, some good potential with the team. And so some basketball news there for you from the host of CRW Hoop Show, Stephen. We appreciate the update. And now let's switch it over to the recruiting side. If you're watching the video side, you see the Twitter handle there. But if you listen on the audio side, we'll give it out for you so you can follow them there for some of this recruiting updates. That's at Big Bubba Brad CRW on Twitter, and he's uh, the CRW recruiting guy. And uh, what do we got recruiting news this week, Brad? Honestly, it's been recruiting for West Virginia has been popping off. Uh, right now we're sitting at 20th in the country on 24-7 sports and recruiting. Um, we had three guys recruit uh, – three guys commit, sorry, in two days. And I got those up here. Hold on. Uh, yeah. So we had oh, – no. Yeah. I don't have them up. I thought I did, but I don't. Yeah, we had three guys commit <laughs> – three guys commit in one uh, – in two days. And I know that we're pushing again. I think uh, Shuler Callahan's already dropped his prediction for us to get uh, Justin Benton, which is a guy – He, I was telling Jordan before this, he kind of yeah. looks like Darius Steeles, but he's a little bit shorter. He's just super explosive and just has, like, big, long arms. That just nobody can get away from him. Um, he was out of Georgia. He's playing 7A football. So that's a guy that uh, I think we're looking to commit. And that's going to have us up to 11 already. And We already have a strong recruiting class. and It just seems to keep building. I wish I could keep up with it more, but, again uh, – I've been too busy, but yeah, it's been, it's blown up right now. It's a fun time to be a West Virginia fan and watching recruiting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's just, you know, maybe you could argue at all time high recruiting level. The mm. program is right now. It's definitely up there near the highest that it's ever been for sure. So I think it's a great time and, you know, the future's bright and it's coming at a great time, you know, for West Virginia, I think going forward. So three commits in two days, looks like another one might be on the horizon as well. Another D lineman. So, the uh, staff's done a great job of building the program through the trenches, offensive line and defensive line, and you know, they're continuing to do that. And so you'd love to see that for sure. Yeah. 
All right, so uh, there's some uh, recruiting news, recruiting update there from uh, Bradley there. Follow him on Twitter at Big Bubba Brad CRW. And then uh, some football news. I got a few things here. Um, uh, some small, some other other news. You know, we can talk about a little bit further if we want to. I'll save that towards you know the end of the news. So that way we can dive in on it a little bit. But uh, one thing is uh, in July, uh, street in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Hill District Street being renamed to Major Harris Street. Thought that was pretty cool. Wanted to <laughs> shout out uh, the mage there on that one. Um, and then the other thing that I had was the uh, Big Twelve preseason All Conference teams being released. West Virginia put eleven players across the four teams. Uh, first teamers, they had three of them: uh, Zach Frazier, Dante Stills, and Casey Legg, all first team, all Big Twelve in the preseason. Second team was uh, Wyatt Milam and Bryce Ford Wheaton. Third team: Doug Nestor, J.T. Daniels, Charles Woods, and then fourth team: Sam James and Taj Alston. So, uh, pretty good little nods there for the uh, preseason All Big Twelve team. And then uh, I want to do a WVU in the pros update. Uh, Tavon Austin signed by the Bills and just kind of wanted to run through some of the WVU NFL, NFL players for, you know, people that, you know, yeah, like to thank keep up God with that. for that, so, too. I hated watching Tavon and yeah. Dallas. Not a Hopefully fan, uh, the Bills will be a good role for him, I think, potentially, for sure. Yeah, I think so, too. I've, I've been, of course, I've been saying every team that Tavon gets on, they're going to use yeah. him right. This team's actually going to use <laughs> yeah. him right, but Hopefully. I, I give up. His career would have been different actually. if uh, – I will. I'll, I'll still stand by. He would have been Tyreek Hill before Tyreek Hill if he'd have went to a team that yeah. used him, you know, like that. But oh, yeah, uh, you know. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He lost a lot of potential. But, uh, I hate that for tape on. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Let's hope. Hopefully, it's a turnaround. But uh, WVU players in the NFL currently on rosters. You got Nick Kwiatkowski with the Falcons, Tavon Austin with the Bills, Kenny Robinson with the Panthers, Tony Fields with the Browns, Will Greer with the Cowboys, Russell Douglas with the Packers, Gary Jennings with the Chiefs. Letty Brown with the Chargers, Adam Pankey with the Dolphins, Yannick Adjust with the Patriots, Kevin White with the Saints, Mark Glowinski with the Giants, David Seals also with the Giants, Trevon Wesco with the Jets, Kaiser White at the Eagles, Carl Joseph with the Steelers, Geno Smith with the Seahawks, Colton McKivitz with the 49ers, and David Long with the Titans. Of those uh, currently listed first string on depth charts, uh, David Long at uh, middle linebacker, first string for the Titans. Geno, uh, first string quarterback, looks like he might be the starter for Seattle this year. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Ten years later, finally getting that shot. And then uh, Mark Glowinski, uh, first team offensive lineman with uh, the Giants. And then Rasul Douglas, first team corner with the Packers, carved out a nice roll, signed a nice deal this offseason. So, that's pretty much what I got football news. And the last thing, and I thought I want to save this for last because I'm sure we'll want to talk about it a little bit, is the official announcement that the four teams will be joining the Big 12 in 2023 in UCF, Houston, BYU, and um, who am I blanking on? Somebody else. But um, Cincinnati. 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 Yeah, of course. Obviously, you know, the one that West Virginia is probably going to be like the new rival with. But uh, so that's we knew BYU was coming in 2023. New slash now the old. AAC teams are coming as well. <laughs> yeah. Old slash new slash old new. But <laughs> but uh, now we know that the AAC teams are coming as well. So 2023 looks like unless Texas and Oklahoma leave, it's going to be 14 team league that year. Uh, what are you guys thoughts on those teams coming in? Uh, what do you think the Big 12 is going to do? Uh, are they going to go divisions? Do you think they'll go some other way? Or do you think they'll do do it one way while Texas and Oklahoma are here and then switch once it goes back to 12 again? And just uh, your overall thoughts on those teams uh, joining the conference. Yeah, I definitely don't think there's going to be divisions. I think it's pretty resounding that divisions are out. 
Um, I so. But I mean, I'm excited to have some new blood in here. I, I have no idea how they're going to do scheduling. I'm sure it's going to be a hot mess. I do think that it's going to be the second thing that you said, where it's going to be, uh, it's going to be way like we're going to probably run the 14 team system one way, and then as soon as they leave, we're probably going to change it up. If I had to guess, I think so. Yeah. We'll probably, yeah, it'll probably be more, um, more streamlined by the time it comes back down to 12 teams. Just so. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I think that uh, I'm like you. I think they're doing away with the whole, you know, divisions. I think that that's especially since the NCAA announced that you don't have to have divisions. You yeah, know? right. And the Big Twelve has always prided themselves to say, you know, more or less on not having divisions and you know having the two best teams in the conference play for the championship of the of the conference instead of you know having you know, how it has been in the ACC for however the last many years, you know, I think it's a better model. I think that you should have the two best teams playing for the championship every single year. And so that's one thing that I actually will give credit to the big 12 on. Yeah, um, actually one thing I'm, I'm really right. excited about, I'm real excited about Cincinnati joining, but I would be remiss. And I think that you guys are probably going to full force agree with me on this, but I'm I already know what you're going to say. I'm so excited for Houston, man. I'm so excited <laughs> for Houston to be in Morgantown that first game. Oh man. Oh yeah. Oh man. I hope they come I'm, to Morgantown right away in 2023. I'm not that petty of a person, but I'm thinking about wearing just like a mock-up, like, like Dana. Dana Alverson, like, Red Bull in one hand. Yeah, like a red bull. Headphones in the other. Like some cocaine smeared, like you know what I mean? Like <laughs> do like the full thing. Yeah, I think I think you know Cincinnati's I mean? gonna be like the obvious, obvious rival, but um Houston's yeah, right, because be they've like been a, a rival before. Because but. because that yeah, that with Dana is gonna be heated. When he comes to Morgan. Because Houston itself be, isn't gonna be gonna the be rival. Wild. It's gonna be Dana is gonna be the rival. That's yeah, that's yeah, thing. exactly. I mean that's what's gonna be so fun. I mean I don't think it's going to be like Lane Kiffin going back to Tennessee and getting golf balls thrown at him bad, but he's definitely going to get heckled. I would listen. I'm oh, not gonna throw a big fan of Lane Kiffin, and I haven't been a big fan of Lane. Well, no, I'm starting to. He's starting to grow on me. That was that's completely classless. ridiculous. Yes, very classless golf balls. Come on now, like that was. Oh man, there's a lot of things that I've seen. And in college sports and sports in general, and the malice at the palace. I mean, there's been some bad stuff going on, but throwing golf balls that is like, I, mean, I can't help but laugh at that. That is the most, oh man, yeah, tough. I literally forgot about it until like someone I seen someone talk about it the other day. I was like, oh yeah, that happened last year. That's right. It did. Like, I gotta say, though, didn't man, Lane, Lane Kiffin, Kiffin like had the golf ball, I think, right? Like, didn't he have the golf ball and like tweet about it? Oh, yeah, he was like. Mm-hmm. He was making a fun time out of it. You, you got to give him. Oh, that's I, great. I got to say, though, man, as much as a, a person, like, I did not like Lane Kiffin at first. When he was coming from, when he came from Tennessee and left and went to USC and like yeah. the whole situation, I was like, I, can't, I just don't see how anybody can like that guy. But like, I don't know, man. Ever since FAU and now he's at Ole Miss, like, he's growing on me, man. Some of the things he says, like, the way he talks about college athletes, he just keeps it real, and I can't help but like that. He does. He does. I've really come around that. on him, too. I like him, too. Yeah. I think he's grown as a person. I think that's – I think that's something. <laughs> that's what it is. Too. He was he, well, he was super young, like you know, group. back then. Yeah, he, yeah. Was, he grew up in, in coaching. He was super young when he was first starting out. 
you can tell he's he's regressed on talking all that shit that he used to talk. You know what I mean? Yeah. He still does, but not as much. <laughs> More selective. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. He's like, I'm going to make well, sure we win know, this game. Uh, it's not Alabama we're playing before I'm <laughs> guaranteeing a win. <laughs> exactly. That that being said, when, when Houston comes back, I'm all for giving Dana a hard time, but let, let's keep it let's keep it classy. But uh, yeah, I mean it's gonna it's gonna be wild. True, <laughs> it's yeah. gonna be wild. Yeah. It's gonna we be can ruckus. be rowdy, but we can be, be throwing nothing. Don't nobody be throwing. That's just yeah, the nothing, worst nothing thing you can do like in that. any situation, not just a sporting event, but it's just yeah, dangerous. It's nice, but It'll hurt somebody. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be crazy. And th- that's what I'm talking about about West Virginia though. Like at the perfect time, I think everything coming together with Neil Brown getting the culture established with where recruiting's at right now. Like like we said, and you know bringing in Graham Harrell and, and JT Daniels. You know, which JT Daniels may only be here one year, but hopefully Graham Harrell's here at least two or three. And the conference about to shift. So as Texas and Oklahoma are leaving, it's wide open for someone to take over as the new big dog in the conference. And I think West Virginia's positioned themselves with Neil Brown, hiring him at the right time before all this happened to where he's now four years, going to be five years in when these other teams join, that West Virginia has a great chance of, you know, grabbing that top dog spot and getting back to, you know, running things like they did in the late Big East days. And I think that looking at this conference, West Virginia can beat any of these teams. And I, I think it's it's a great position. I'm really excited about the future of West Virginia football right now with the new look of the conference and where West Virginia is going to be at with guys coming in like Rod, Rodney Gallagher, you know, Caden Prather on the roster, Nico Marchio, and the other high-level recruits that West Virginia is bringing in with the conference, you know, about to shift. I think it could be time for a West Virginia takeover. What do you guys think? Well, and to the point, you want to look at somebody else that's killing recruiting right now out of the same area that we're recruiting out of right now. Cincinnati, their recruiting class has taken yeah. off right now, and that's because if they've they're been top five right now, I think they've been yeah. putting a workout on the field, playoff appearance, man. And so, I'm saying that's the kind of recruiting that it takes to start getting to consistency at the level we want to be at. So, you know, it's definitely capable and we're possible of doing it. So, you know, we've got to, if we're going to do it, it's got to be now. And it only takes you know two or three years. Cincinnati's string together, you know, some consistent few years, and you have a recruiting class like you said in the top 10. So, it's all it takes. Just a few consistent. Well, years. that's recruiting classes in my in my mind and in my opinion are more or less a snowball effect. So if you get one recruiting class, yeah. then you're more than likely going to have two to three to four to five recru- good recruiting classes that more or less get better, you know, or stay around, you know that that same you know general type of recruiting class. And I mean, and like I've, I've touched on it before. You know, this doesn't just start here. It goes back to even, you know, even when Will Greer, Will Greer and, you know, a few of those guys decided to come to West Virginia. A lot of those are still coming into play now. And mm-hmm. even so, like, the recruits that we're getting now are going to come into play whenever we're getting, you know, we're looking at bigger and better recruits in the next few years. So, Yeah, and recruiting right now has changed completely. They don't even think that we're going to be going for – obviously, we're not going to go for 25, but they say the high school recruits could get down to like 18. Like 17, 18 high school recruits is about all you're going to take, and you're going to hold about seven or eight for transfers because that's just the way the game is right now. And then they just got rid of class size limits. So, I mean, you can take as many as you want to. It doesn't matter. So, And that's the thing. Like the focus is becoming less on the recruiting class and more on the transfer portal class. Or even like a fifty-fifty, you know, on them both. But well, that's where we're getting like time. you. 
that's where we're getting like you where the guys like Justin Bitten, uh, the lineman that I brought up in recruiting earlier, he was he's crystal balled to go to Georgia, and Georgia has actually decided not to take him, and they didn't even bring him on for an official visit. So he's West Virginia was like pretty much his next school up, and we definitely want him because he's you know stud defensive lineman but that's probably something to do with transfer like uh the transfer portal really messing with recruiting because georgia now can just go fill that spot immediately they don't have to you know invest in this three-star kid where you know we'll take him we're a little bit stacked on the defensive line right now we can take a kid that you know can come in and progress and then become top-notch so exactly that's what we're a developmental program so you know we can we can definitely do that we've prided ourselves on that over the years and i think neil brown's done a great job of getting back to that and that's the one thing that was missing you know with the dana holgerson regime not to get back to him too much but building your program year to year you miss those developmental guys that you've developed over three to four years and then step in you know right when a guy leaves and stuff and getting back to that's big for the program to keep it keep it going not only you know with success year to year, but long-term success. And that's what I think I'm excited for with this staff is the potential for long-term success. And I think it starts this season. We really need to really get the ball rolling this season, have a good year, and that's going to kickstart everything, I feel like. So I think that West Virginia is in a good spot with this conference expansion if it, if it gets off to a good start with a good season this year. Uh, that being said, I did kind of want to get into our – kind of leads right into our main topic of the show that I want to talk about, which is going to be worst football losses – in our lifetime and best football seasons in our lifetime for WVU. Let's go Mountaineers. Let's go Mountaineers. Worst football loss. Obviously we're going to exclude the one game that's obviously probably going to be number one on our, everyone's list. Uh, I was so going to say, I don't even do. know if we should even play that game. Cause I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. We're cry. not going to say, we're not going to talk about that damn game. Like get that <laughs> out of here. So I've got another one. Worst mind, football though. loss. Other than that, we're going to each give ours, you know, in our opinion, and then I want us to all rank our top five best WVU football seasons that we've seen in our lifetime after that. So uh, first, let's start it off with the get the bat out of the way. Worst WVU loss you can remember in your lifetime besides the game that took place on December 1st in a year that you know the game that I'm talking about against that team that eats feces. But aside from that game, what is the worst WVU football loss that you can remember in your lifetime, Steven? I am probably going to go, it was Cincinnati, I think 08 or 09, I believe anyway. And that game, I'm choosing that game because it was also one of the funnest games that I've been to in a way. And we, so West Virginia's down, I think, 21 points around that number in the fourth quarter and you know we had me and my grandfather given up hope we were going to leave and we did leave and you know he's got his headphones in and you can hear tony caridi on the on the pa speakers and we go down and we score a touchdown still like two minutes left so we're like okay it's it's you know still over a touchdown don't matter so we're walking out of the stadium, as is everybody else, because there's two minutes in the game. We're still down 14 points. So we get the ball back, and we score again. It wasn't it wasn't 21 points. I remember now it was 17 points because we got the ball back, and we scored again. So we scored another touchdown, right? And so at this point, we're like, holy hell. Okay, so then we got to kick the ball off again 
Pat McAfee kicks it perfectly. One of those little bounce kicks that just go straight up in the air. Not it's an onside kick, but it's designed for the you know for you to be able to to be in a jump ball situation more or less when you know when the kicking team gets to it. And so West Virginia miraculously gets the ball back. And at this point, we're standing at somebody's RV in the blue lot watching this football game where we were just watching the game live in the stadium. You know, we've come back to potentially be able to tie this game with like two seconds left in the re- in regulation. And Pat McAfee obviously drills the field goal. And I think it was like a 40 or 50 some yard field goal. Yeah, I think it was up to fifty. <laughs> to, I think it was over fifty, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly. And so Pat McAfee ties that game to send it to overtime. And at this point, you're thinking, man, how is this one of your worst games? Well, here's why: because everybody that left that game decided to rush back in at the same time. They weren't even checking tickets. Sixty thousand, sixty thousand people in that stadium rushed back in, and it's not like they all went back to their you know assigned seats. They all stayed in one end zone. So they're like, everybody's just Travis Scott concerned it it up, like right there in that one end zone, like smothering the fuck out of each other, you know? And like, so we come back in, we're all excited thinking West Virginia's going to come back and win this game. Cincinnati ends it and we lose. (laughs) So, yeah, that's that's probably probably one of the worst games. No, I I remember that one. Yeah, that was a hard one. I remember that one because – that, 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 that's a game to mess with my superstition because what had happened was we were watching the game at my aunt's house, me, me and my parents and stuff, went over to my aunt's house, watched the game there. Whole game, terrible, playing shitty all game, just awful. What, looking terrible, I'm like, all right, so we're, you know, it's, we get down by that. Like, I think we had a chance to try and score or something. We didn't, and we were down 17 Cincinnati, getting the ball again. So we was like, all right, forget it, let's leave. We roll out. Yep. Well, we're listening to it on the radio on the way back just, you know, to make sure. And as we're coming back, that's when that comeback starts happening. So, like, we pull into our driveway when they're kicking the onside kick and, we're like, listen to the onside kick and the field goal. They kick the onside kick. He hits the field goal. We're going to overtime. We're like, we're still in the car. So, we're like, y'all want to go back? We're like, yeah, yeah, let's go back so we can watch it. Go back for overtime to watch it there. And to, and to this day, I still feel like if we'd have stayed in the car and listened to it, we'd have won because we went back to where we were playing shitty when we were watching it before and we lost. So, I'm like, I, 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 I partly blame myself. Yeah, you made superstitions. Those, real those quick. superstitions are yeah, real. Yeah, are, we don't want to tell them real. about Texas Tech and, and what 2017 is that what it was? 2017 Texas Tech game. Yeah, <laughs> same type scenario. Me and Stephen watched the entire game or entire like second half in the concourse on one of the TVs at Mountaineer Field because that's when we were playing good and we came back and won the game, so we couldn't leave from the concourse. Yeah, yeah. superstitions are they're real for sure. <laughs> for sure. Well, but they, uh Bradley, what about you? Worst uh WB football loss you can remember? Yeah, so again, I'm a little bit of a newer fan than Jordan and Steven here. Like uh, I started watching a little bit later on, so I don't got as much you know, two thousand nine and before memories. But I'm gonna go two thousand and I think it's eighteen when we lost uh we had Will Greer and we were tearing it up and we lost Oklahoma State. And yes. we were up we were up yeah. thirty one like it was 31 to 24 going into the fourth quarter. And they four, I think it was 31 14 or something. It was like, yeah, yeah, we were up like 14, 17 and a half, I think, something like that. Yeah. And so, yeah. And then, like, because we were, we were marching. And then we, I think we had just beaten Texas and we're, we're moving and flopped. 
with uh, uh, against Oklahoma State. So that's definitely my most depressing one. That was that one was yeah. tough. I remember just being crushed afterwards and just like not talking for about a couple hours. <laughs> yeah, I was now very upset about that game. I suppose. Yeah, as well. such a Western Virginia thing. To that do. was my that's my pick too. Yeah, that's, that's the yeah. same one I was going to go with. I, you know, I think, like I said, besides the one that we're not talking about, that one's really yeah. ranks up high there to me. And I also wanted to shout out uh, Tyler Davis at T underscore Davis 41 on Twitter. Uh, good WVU guy. It puts out a lot of WVU stuff. And that's actually where I got the idea from for part of this episode from because he ranked his, you know, or, or lists some of his worst WVU football losses of all time. I thought that was pretty cool. So I wanted to kind of get our thoughts on it. But, yeah, that's mine as well. 2018 Oklahoma State uh, up by, you know, 14 or 17, whatever it was at half. All you got to do is close out the second half and you're in the Big 12 championship game, regardless of what happens uh, next week. Would have been in West Virginia's first Big 12 title game, yeah. should have been. So, you know, that kind of curl tails into the next thing that I want to talk about, our other main topic, which is ranking our top five seasons in our lifetime. It's because because of that loss, that 2018 season does not make my top five. So I'll go ahead and run my through my top five right now. Fifth, I'm going uh, 2016, Skylar Howard, 10-win season year. Underrated year in Mountaineer history to me. Uh, loved that season. Got a lot of enjoyment out of that season, watching that season. Russell Douglas, you know, top of the nation in picks. And Skylar Howard, one of my all-time favorite Mountaineers. So really loved that team, even though they didn't, you know, win the bowl game. They didn't, you know, make the Big 12 championship. They did give West Virginia the only 10-win season in the Big 12. So still special, I think, and in recent years, one of the better ones that I can remember. And I prefer that to 2018, even though the 2018 team, maybe you could argue, argue was closer to the – Big 12 championship game, but I like that 2016 season, so that's my number five. Fourth, I'm going 2012, West Virginia, Dana's uh, first year, you know, uh, I mean 2011, uh, excuse me, West Dana's first year, West Virginia wins the Big East, goes on, wins the Orange Bowl. Uh, that was a good year. 2012, you know, was a great start, you know, bad end, but 2011 is the one, West Virginia wins 10 games, wins the Big East, wins the Orange Bowl. That's my number four. Number three, 2006. Uh, you know, great year, ended up with uh, beating Georgia Tech in the Gator Bowl. Um, you know, a little bit of a letdown because you didn't get to the BCS after being there the year before, so that's why it comes in at third. But still a great season, you know, ended up winning 11 games as well. And then number two for me, 2005, season before that, 11-1, and one, a team that kind of reminds me a lot of West Virginia's team that they have here in 2022 where people aren't expecting a lot, a lot of new pieces. People are kind of down on them, and they come out and surprise everyone. And that team went 11-1 and one and won the Sugar Bowl and kicked off a great three-year run, and that three-year run culminated in my number one season in my lifetime, 2007, arguably the greatest team in Mountaineer football history, and you'll never be able to tell me that wasn't the best team in college football that year. The Oklahoma team that West Virginia beat by 20 points in the Fiesta Bowl was better than both Ohio State and LSU, who played for the national championship that year, and West Virginia should have been in the national championship that year, but, you know, that's another discussion, but <laughs> Best team I've seen in my lifetime by far, for sure, that 2017. But uh, what about you guys? Top five seasons in your lifetime? Um, I'll jump on it first. I mean, you're gonna you had most of my top five in there too, considering I've only been watching since you know right there at the end of the Pat White eras. So you know, 2007 is definitely at the top. I just think it's funny that you're you know uh, the one loss that we can't talk about is part of the, your favorite season, and <laughs> I just thought that that was funny. But yeah, no. The rest of the rest of mine would be the same as yours, because like I said, cause I've only been watching since then. So the five like ten one seasons that we've had since then is definitely my top five seasons. I loved Skylar Howard season though. That was one of my favorite seasons to watch. I love that guy. Loved his grit and his play. I know a lot of people don't like him, but man, I thought that was just such a hard fighting team to want like uh that and you couldn't help but support him and watch him. Definitely. 
definitely. Yeah, uh, mine's, mine's going to be very similar to yours, Cruz, but I'm going to switch it up a little bit, and I think I'll surprise you. But I've got some valid reasons, and I've, and I've mentioned these before. But but five, I would I would probably go 2016, um, the Scholar Howard year, because like you, I, I believe that that year was vastly, still is vastly underrated, and Scholar Howard is vastly underrated. He doesn't get near as much credit as as he deserves for not only you know having the only ten win season <laughs> that West Virginia's had in the Big Twelve, um, but you know winning a bowl game. You know West Virginia doesn't have very many of those in in its history, and he was able to do that in the Cactus Bowl. And I know it's just the Cactus Bowl against Arizona State, but a bowl win is a bowl win, and so. So I'd put that that one up there, and you know, if we get a quarterback with his grit and his grind, like I would not be me bad at that. I I really miss watching Skylar Howard play. Um, yep. Four, I would probably go. I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say oh four because they surprised a lot of people. They really did. They bounced back off off of a bad loss. Um, to Maryland in the Gator Bowl a year before, um, you know, Quincy Wilson and or not Quincy Wilson, but uh, KJ Harris and Rasheed Marshall, uh, Pac-Man Jones, a lot of those guys. You know, that was a really really good season, and it was a, I think, for a lot of those guys going into the next season, you know, it was a very, it was very important to them, and it was really, especially for the defensive side of the ball. You know, they lost Pac-Man, but they, they really kept a lot of good players in Boo McClee, which I really know you don't like him a lot. I don't, you don't like him a lot, Cruz. And for good reason, I think he's he's been in the, in the news in a bad nature. But Yeah. But, yeah, just mentioning guys on that team. I liked watching him play football back then anyway. Um, so I'll go for um, – then at three, I would go 2011 because that Orange Bowl year is undeniably great. And I think that that was one of the most entertaining teams to watch in all of school history, in my opinion, with Tavon and Stevan and Gino. Yeah, it was just uh, exciting. Yeah. Number two, I would go 2007. And I wow. don't mean to discredit them in any way, but and I loved watching them that year. But the pit game, in my opinion, while there's a lot of – you know, unanswered questions and things like that. I just feel like that team, you know, that even being a rivalry game, they should have won that football game and they should have, like you said, they were the best team in, in college football that year undeniably. And I Absolutely. do agree with that. And I think that's the reason I put them at number two is because they should have beat Pitt that year and they should have went, they should have went on to win the national championship. Um, mm-hmm. And because they didn't live up to their potential, I have to go to now at number one, I would go, I would go 2005. And because they, I still stand by the reason that they didn't win a national championship that year was because Steve and Pat didn't start against Virginia tech and had those two started against Virginia tech. I still believe to this day that West Virginia would be undefeated and would have won a national championship because they rolled into Atlanta and they rolled Georgia that night. And I think that they would have done that. I, you know, 2007 gets a lot of credit, but I think that Pat being as young as he was and Steve Slayton being as young as he was, 
Um, I think it was more of a matter of how healthy they were at the time. I don't think it was, you know, in 2007, Steve was struggling to stay, stay healthy. You know what I mean? Pat was struggling to stay healthy. I think 2005, and I'm, I know that I'm the unpopular opinion in this, but I will, I will go to my grave probably thinking that that was the year that we, we could have won the national championship even more so than 07. I think I just, I've always thought that that was our year. So hey, I, I, respect that it. I respect one. it. I respect it. I just that 2007 season. I don't know something about it because I guess that was the year where like I don't mean to discredit the 07 I mean, season, but like I said, I have valid yeah. reasons. There's yeah, I was about to say just I think I think I'm, I'm, it's understandable because like for me like 05 I was a fan, but like it, I wasn't into it as much as I was. Like 07 was the first season when I really yeah. started paying a lot of attention, like knowing the roster before the season and stuff. And I specifically remember sitting in like. A, freshman year in, in, in high school. That was my freshman year of high school, 2007. And we were sitting in a computer class uh, looking at the schedules because West Virginia had just lost to South Florida, like, the, you know, what was it, week four, week five of the season. Both of them were top five. West Virginia lost. Yep. I remember looking through the schedule of, like, how West Virginia could get back in the rankings, like what teams needed to lose for West Virginia to get up to number two, you know, by the season end, you know, one or two. And I was like, okay, this needs to happen. This needs to happen. This needs to happen. And, like, I'm like, okay, Illinois is going to upset Ohio State. Uh, Arkansas is going to upset LSU, like all these things are just going to happen. And then I'll be damned, like going through the season, oh, boom, Illinois upsets Ohio State like that week that I, that I was like, that we were looking at that and happened. And then Arkansas upsets LSU. And I remember that because I was late for basketball practice uh, in high school because we sat and watched that triple every time Arkansas beat LSU because that meant that West Virginia would be ranked number two the next week if that happened. So I remember being late for basketball practice just to watch that. So just like going through that season like Wasn't the roller coaster of it and saying like this could happen to get them up there i think it was i think it was because i think west virginia had played weird. like uh played um cincinnati and then they uh then that game happened then the next week west virginia was number two and that's when they played uconn and you know won 66 to 21 and then you know the last game of course was the last game but yeah just this that season was special because i remember i remember that specifically and then that stuff like actually happened and that needed to happen and west virginia actually getting the number two like i was like oh my god it's actually happening yeah. and i, I remember watching I, that I arkansas lsu game thinking like i thought it was a rerun at first that's why i didn't think it was a live game and then and, you know as the game went on i'm like wait this hasn't yeah. happened yet. Darren, Darren McFadden and uh, Felix Jones and the Wildcat, you know, upset LSU and got West Virginia yeah, up there. Man. That was good times for sure. But uh, so that's our worst uh, W football loss, and then ranking our top five best seasons um, in our lifetime that we uh, that we enjoyed and that we didn't enjoy when it comes to the losses. But a lot of good memories there, and brought back a lot of memories and a lot of good stories there. Um, that being said, y'all want to hit it up with our final segment play some Mountaineer multiple choice, couple rounds, and then we'll get out of here. Sure. Let's get it. Right. One down, Brad. Let's go, Mountaineers. Let's go, Mountaineers. I think I won last time, right? You did win last time. Yeah, Brad. Extra I think Brad yeah. won last time. Yep. Because last episode, uh, Depth Sharp uh, Projections ran a little long. Didn't play Mountaineer multiple choice, but we're back this week. Um, so, Bradley, you won. Do you want to go first or do you want to make Steven go first? Nah, give it to me. All right, let's do it. All right. No running back in WVU football history amassed more receiving yards than me. I own the career record for receiving yards by a running back with 906. Who am I? Is it A, Noel Devine, B, Robert Alexander, C, Steve Slayton, D, Jim Braxton? 
Um, I think Noel Devine got the ball out of the backfield a little bit, so I'm going to go Noel Devine. Noel Devine is incorrect. Steve, hmm. chance to steal for five points. Uh, you have B, Robert Alexander, C, Steve Slayton, D, Jim Braxton. Oh, man. I'm going to go Steve. Steve Slayton is the answer, and that is incorrect wow. as well. Stumped. Oh. Stumped again. Yeah. Um, the answer is actually Jim Braxton. 906 Jim Braxton. Uh, receiving yards in his career at running back. All right, Steven, your question. That was a hard one. That was. That was a tough one. It was tricky. All right. I do- oh, man. Of course you get an easy one. I broke the WVU <laughs> season record for passing yards when I threw for 4,385 yards in one year. Who am I? A, Will Greer. B, Mark Bulger. C, Geno Smith. D, Major Harris. It's Geno. Yeah, Geno Smith, correct. Three <laughs> points for Steven. <laughs> That's that too easy. Wrong, giving you like the full amount of points for that one. <laughs> All right, Bradley, back to you. Might as well just be like, what quarterback okay. wore number well, 12 one, from the years? <laughs> <laughs> this one, I feel like Bradley should get this one too, though. So oh, at least it's kind of uh, even. This one's a little bit easy too, I think. I hold the WVU record for most receiving yards in a game with 303 yards. Who am I? A, Chris Henry. B, Tavon Austin. C, Stedman Bailey. D, Rashawn Vanderpool. It's Tavon Austin. Oh, Stedman Bailey. <laughs> I, gotcha. I didn't even. I didn't. Stephen, I'm, I'm not giving you a chance to steal on that one because you got an easy question. And then you I was going to say, it yeah. We'll just bounce you it back. You told me it wasn't little touch. You told me it wasn't little touch passes. I think Tavon had like a, two, a couple 200 yards, but I think Stedman's 303 was against uh, Baylor when you know at 656. Oh yeah, yeah I'll still stand by. Uh, since you said that, Stedman got robbed. Of that award that year, oh, I don't care what anybody for says. For sure, that the biggest, the biggest, the biggest, uh, biggest rob robberies in WVU history. Stephen Bailey not getting the Blitnikoff, Kevin Jones not getting Big East Player of the Year. That's the two. That's the two biggest ones right there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right, Stephen. Here you go. Three for the three points, Stephen. You're up three nothing right now. We'll do another round or so. I broke the WVU record for most rushing attempts in a single season when I ran the ball 335 times in one season. Who am I? A. Quincy Wilson. B. Amos Zeraway. C. Ira Rat Rogers. D. Avon Coburn. I want to say Amos. Amos Zeraway is incorrect. Bradley, chance to steal and take the lead. A. Right. Quincy Wilson. C. Ira Rogers. D. Avon Coburn. I'm going to go Avon Coburn. Avon Coburn, correct. Bradley jumps hey. out to the 5-3 to three lead. I knew it was either one of those. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. That's what I meant to say. That <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what he meant, that one. <laughs> okay. Brad, no one in WVU history amassed more receiving yards than I did. I own the career record for receiving yards with 3,413. Who am I? A. Tavon Austin. B. David Saunders. C. Sean Foreman. D. Stedman Bailey. Okay, this has got to be Tavon Austin, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. Tavon Austin. had a longer career. So. <laughs> career leader in receiving yards. Good job, Should've Brad. Should have drugged that. Should have added some suspense to that one. Yeah, like, no, I already Tavon. You should have been like. 
<laughs> yeah, you got it. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I, I need to play. I need to add the suspense of the of the answer. I need like a I need like a correct buzzer or an incorrect buzzer or something. Might have to. Yeah, need some neon flashing lights behind you. You can just. In that. Yeah. I guess I could just plug it in and, and post when I edit, but yeah, you gotta have like a game work. show, like game show host I'm lazy vibe. <laughs> we need some like some like lights or whatever, some we Vegas do. lights. We do. So like, we'll have some like theme music playing in the background behind the behind yeah. the behind the yeah. game show. I can do it like, if I'm not lazy enough. We'll see. Some, some, when you listen to it, you'll see if I did it or not. Body. You'll either be hearing music right now when you're listening to this, or you won't. That'll that if you do, I'm not lazy. <laughs> We'll see how it goes. All right, so Bradley's up eight to three. <laughs> God, I gotta in my get on the ball. football career, I ran for for more yards than anyone else ever has. I rushed for five thousand one hundred sixty-four yards in my career. Who am I? A. Steve Slayton. B. Avon Coburn. C. Pat White. D. Noel Devine. Hmm. Pat. Pat White, incorrect. Bradley, chance you said, to steal. Did you say running back I, or did you just say? No, most rushing yards in, in a career. It wasn't Pat? Damn. Mm-hmm. All right. Bradley, chance to steal. Steve Slayton, Avon Coburn, Noel Devon. Okay, will you read the question again? Yep. In my WVU football career, I ran for more yards than anyone else ever has. I ran for 5,164 yards in my career. I think it's Noel Devine. You said Noel? Mm-hmm. Incorrect. Avon Coburn. <sighs> All I right. I to go with it Final again, round. But... <laughs> Final <laughs> round here. Bradley, starting yep. with you. I ran for more touchdowns in a single season than anyone else ever at WVU when I crossed the end zone 19 times in one season. Who am I? A. Ira Rogers. B. Steve Slayton. C. Avon Coburn. D. Amos Zaraway. <laughs> so, even if I get this wrong and Steven steals, we're only tied. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Unless, well, unless he steals and then gets a correct answer, that's like the only way. Oh, was right. Um. All right, so. 19 touchdowns in the season. I'm going to go Steve Slayton. Steve Slayton is incorrect. Stephen, you are alive with a chance to win the game. 19 rushing touchdowns in a season, most in WVU history. Who is it? Your three options remaining, Ira Rogers, Avon Coburn, Amos Zeraway. Let's go with Avon. Avon, incorrect. Damn it. The answer is, is Ira Rogers. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah, Ira Rogers, 19 TDs. God, back in nobody the day. scored more touchdowns than that man. It's nobody been a long did. time. And you would think Slayton did because Slayton had like 55 in three years, but never over 19. Yeah. So. That's crazy. But all right, so Bradley, you second executive victory. But Stephen, I'm going to give you one more question because it's eight to three. You can't really win, but you can make it closer. So we'll, we'll end it off with this question. I hope right, you got a new record it. for passing yards in a single how do you always? I'm not even gonna. I hope you have a record for passing yards in a single game always... with 656. What? What is the question? <laughs> I hold the WVU single game passing. Most passing yards in a single game at WVU, 656. Who was it? Hmm. 
Smith Geno. Eugene of the Smithers, of course. Steve, yeah. That's another easy one. Okay. Yeah. Eugene Smith. Hey, Bradley. literally got the same question twice. <laughs> Basically, got two good Geno questions. Hey, but even with his two easy questions, Bradley comes up with the win. Bradley's the winner of Mountaineer Multiple Choice this week. Bradley, victory speech. You have the floor. Take it away. Steven doesn't know anything about Mountaineer athletics. Apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, that's always a lot of fun, love. Love the final segment yeah, of Mountaineer fun. Multiple Choice. Fun's always the word. great. <laughs> hey, I just get to ask the questions and enjoy you guys battling, so it's it's always fun for me. Yeah. <laughs> I think apparently I get that Bradley has the answers up on his computer screen. I'm playing fair and square. <laughs> yeah, you'd hear me. He's just hear me he's like, I, What's the question? <laughs> I gotta come up with some more trivia. I might I might start throwing a little basketball and some other stuff in there to you know mix it up a little bit and other than just football. Oh, yeah, that's not gonna hurt me. Stuff. Yeah, Maybe do some West Virginia like state trivia too or something, you know, just some different Brad, stuff you need there. to brush we'll up on your WVU history. You okay. just lost this game two times in a row. I know oh, that. Oh, no. The trash but, talk is ongoing. Okay. So you <laughs> admit that you haven't watched West Virginia football pre what? Gino? So, yeah. No, I would say like 2005 is when I first started watching. But I didn't like start internalizing. Like, I was just watching because I liked football. So it wasn't like Mountaineer football. I was just watching football. That's so like, saying, I you need to watch some of those games from like the games. '90s and '80s. They're fun to watch. Like they've got a game. They've got the Oklahoma game on there from what eighty? Eighty-two. Eighty-two. Yeah, it's cool when to watch out those there and beat them. Too. That's a fun one to watch because Oklahoma gets up and it's like ahead. And then we yeah, the, the Oklahoma's crash. running that like a uh, wishbone offense and stuff. It's just fun to watch like the the old styles and stuff too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I definitely like watch to watch the. Uh, I like to watch some of the '88 season. I started watching some of the oh, Georgia yeah. game from 2000 and what did you say, 2005? Yeah, 2005. That's yep. a good one. Yeah, see, I didn't watch that, so I started watching it the other day. Yeah, I could probably quote up, jumps up what 28-7. <laughs> I could quote everything Brad Nestler says for the first 10, 15 minutes in that in that football game broadcast. Yeah, those he like mess, the bowl games from he like, messes up when he's announcing the Georgia offensive line. He said it's a big group, yeah. it's a good gloop, but he says gloop. <laughs> That's never, me. It's I'm like I've watched the bowl that. games from like that that all the all the BCS bowls and and the Gator Bowl from like you know that run. I've watched like all the bowl games so much that like I can tell like by where they're on the field, like what yard line. I'm like, oh, okay, so they're 52 yards away. This is the Steve Slayton draw play, uh, and he bounces to the outside for the touchdown. I'm like, this is the 50, yeah. you know, it's like you've watched it so many times. You're like, oh, this is the 52-yard Slayton touchdown. Or this is the, you know, so it's like, I love it. I love it. Yep. Yep. You never can get. Good memories. Good memories. Tired of watching those games, I feel like. Especially that Georgia nope. game's fun to watch. It is. It is. Because it, it was like really like us a bunch of momentum, then them a bunch of momentum, and then us closing it out at the end. That fake punt was awesome. So, yeah, um, fun one to watch for sure. Definitely love going back watching the old Mountaineer games on YouTube. A lot of good memories there. We shared some good memories in this uh, episode where we, you know, discussed our worst losses and, you know, best seasons. Uh, news, Mountaineer multiple choice, got it all in. That being said, gentlemen, any final thoughts before we close out this edition of the Country Roads webcast? Nope. I think I'm tapped out. I just need to brush up on my history. (laughs) 
come back, come back with it hard next time. And uh, I'm, maybe there'll be some different trivia in there too to mix it up a little bit. We'll see. We'll see what I can do in the meantime. But uh, have another off-season episode out for you guys in the near future. Be on the lookout for it. As always, uh, share us around. Rate us if you're listening on Apple Podcasts on the audio side. You can find us anywhere: Apple, Google, Spotify, you name it. On the video side, do us a favor: hit that like button. That helps with the YouTube algorithm as we continue to try and grow there. And please subscribe if you haven't already. As we always say, helps us, helps you, helps get more of this Mountaineer content out to Mountaineer Nation. That being said, as always, I'm Jordan Cruz for Stephen and Bradley. Until next time, let's go Mountaineers. If you really want to know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those seats.